Welcome to Stay at Home, Mom, with your illustrious host, Leslie Goodgesell, mother to six beautiful daughters, wife to an amazingly hardworking and supportive husband, homeschooler, and homesteader in the making. Join me on this journey, this blessing of what motherhood looks like. Powerful are our words and the things that we say to our current situations and to our future. Well, that's what we're going to talk about this week on Stay at Home Mom. Thanks for joining me this week on Stay at Home Mom. Before we get into this, I'm going to tell you all about our affiliates and the fun things we have going on in our homestead. We have an affiliate with Rejuva Minerals, which is the makeup line that my kids use and is the only one that I've used for over 10 years. They're EWG verified. They rank super high on the Think Dirty app, and I prefer them above anything else. We also have an affiliate with Kitsch, which is all of the hair products, all shampoo bars, conditioner bars, hair accessories, silky pillows, all of the things that you could want for your hair to keep your hair nice and happy and healthy. It's a mom-owned company, so I'm really partial to it. And you can save a little extra money by using our coupon code, Leslie15. And last but not least, we have an affiliate with Not Consumed Ministries, which provides these perfect topical Bible studies that your kids can do on their own or you can do together as a family. We have greatly appreciated them. And the topics they hit, some of them are like real hard. Like we all really should be doing these topic studies. So check them out and all of those links below. And I really want to tell you about this exciting thing that we're doing. We started it last year hosting a homestead event on our property. Yeah, we're not done. Yeah, we have a lot of things going on. But one of the things that we desired having this land was to use it to teach other people, to use it to bless other people. So that's what we're doing. Last year, we started a family union with the RSB family. All of you who listen to the Robert Scott Bell Show have heard about it multiple times. We've done interviews about it, and we've talked about it ever since we did it last year. It was awesome. We all learned so much. James and I were able to share the little bit of information that we have and the knowledge that we've gained in homesteading. And then Robert shared, Sherry Neal, Scott Scherner, Taryn Gregson. It was amazing. Lorelai Tangan also shared about microgreens. I mean, it was almost mind-blowing, all of the things that we learned. And this year, we're going to have even more people coming. We do have limited seats because I only have a limited amount of space on my property. So if you are interested in this, the Eventbrite link will be in the show notes. So scroll through those notes and see if you can find that. Click on that link and reserve your tickets now. We will have home farm cooked meals. Everything that we provide for you, about 80 to 90% of it is going to come directly from our homestead. And it's going to be made with love because that's how we do things around here. So now that I got the commercial out of the way, let's talk about the thing that has been burning inside of me for the last 24 hours. I don't know how many of you follow my Instagram page, but I recently posted a memorial and I reposted a episode that I did with my beautiful friend, Jessica Jones. She has written this amazing book called Graves to Gifts. 
And it's about grief and experiencing grief in the things that we go through. Specifically for her, it was a miscarriage that she experienced. And it was not like an early on miscarriage. It was like a 20-week miscarriage. So it was pretty intense. She had to give birth to her baby. And it was it was incredibly traumatic. And she talks about the process of grief and what it looked like. How Yawa carried her through that grief. It's a beautiful book. And unfortunately, she has gone to be with Yah way too early. Um, She was 46 years old. She leaves behind four beautiful children and a husband. And we have all greatly been mourning her. But I went to her memorial in Kansas City over the weekend, and it was a long drive. And I brought my oldest with me who wanted to be my comfort. And it was amazing. She was so amazing to do that with me. But on my way home, you know, it's a two almost three-hour drive, actually, home. And I'm thinking about the life that my friend lived, the things that she did and saw and believed. And she had a faith that encouraged everybody to have faith, right? And something that everybody who knew her kept saying over and over again is if you knew her, she made you feel like family. She made you feel like the most important person in the room. And that is so true. I lived with her. She was my roommate in our 20s. And She absolutely did that. She was so gifted. She carried the love of our creator in a way that nobody I've ever met before or since has done. She was so unique in that sense, but she saw miracles. And I mean, incredible miracles, like healing miracles and deliverance miracles and small miracles. She witnessed all of these things. And I I started thinking about what kind of faith it takes to see these kind of miracles. A lot of people say, well, it's a miracle. It didn't require anything on our part, right? But scripture tells us that our faith makes us well, as a man thinks, so is he. It tells us all of these things about our faith, our trust in Yahweh, and how that impacts the things that we see in this world. You know, I feel like the new age has kind of taken that and run with it, right? Like you can manifest these things and you can do, and I'm I'm not believing so much in like, we can manifest a thing because you may really want something, but it might not be the best thing for you. And you focusing on it and thinking it and it not being the will of Yahweh for your life, like it can still come to pass because We have an enemy who really wants to derail us and get us off the track that we're supposed to be on. Unless we're giving respect and honor to the one who created us and provides us with all of these things, I really think it is a misplaced ideology. That's my personal belief on that. You may disagree, and that's okay. We can still love each other and disagree on things, right? So I'm thinking about what it requires to see these things. And I did an episode last year about Sophia's miracle. And if you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to go back and listen to it because it was an amazing thing that our entire family witnessed. The series of events, the way things laid out, the miracle that we saw happen before our eyes and the hospital and their staff, doctors, nurses, everybody witnessed. It was miraculous. But as I was driving last night, I was thinking about those things that I saw. And why did we see those miracles? What was it that created the space for the miracle to take place? And why, I mean, there are times that we really want a miracle and we don't see the miracle. So what's what's the difference? What's the difference between actually seeing it and then not seeing it? 
And so I'm praying about these things as I'm driving and I'm worshiping and I'm praying and I'm asking God these deep questions of what's the difference? Why did we see this? And he brought back to remembrance how protective I was of the promise that he gave me. What was the promise he gave me? Well, if you want to hear the whole story, you can go back to that episode. Um, Maybe I'll post a link to that episode in the show notes so that you can have a quick link to get there. Or you can go to like Facebook. We have a Sophia surgery page on Facebook where I actually was posting live video updates as we were going through it. And I'm going to forewarn you, there is a lot of sobbing Leslie in there. Lots of tears of exhaustion and frustration and stress. But it was very real. It was very raw. But I was thinking about all of these things that we were encountering. And at one point, we were told that she was going to need a trach. To me, that was devastating. It was absolutely devastating because we believed that when we made the decision to do this laryngeal reconstructive surgery for her, it was going to heal her. And that's what we told her. And that's what she told everybody. You know, I'm going to get cut here and here and Jesus is going to heal me. That's what she told everybody. She was four years old. She was telling everybody she met, I'm going to get cut here and here, you know, like, pointing to her rib cage because they had to do a bone graft from her ribs. So we believed for this thing. And I remember the devastation I felt when the doctor was like, her vocal folds are paralyzed. We have to give her a trach. I was upset, but I had peace, but I was angry. And while I'm wrestling with these emotions, I was even praying like, why am I so angry about this? And honestly, like, I was being super selfish because it was changing my whole life. It wasn't just affecting my child. It was going to affect our whole family and how we functioned and the things we needed to do because taking care of a child with a trach is totally different than just a normal everyday child. A special needs child requires so much more of our time and attention and outside resources that we had never required before that point. So yeah, I cried. I cried selfish tears, but I remember going to the house that we were staying in and I remember standing in the shower and just bawling. I mean, scream crying, crying so hard. I could feel every cell in my entire body crying out to Yawa and saying, why is this the way this has to be? You told me she would be healed in the midst of me throwing this like massive horrendous fit. I heard nearly audibly the softest, quietest, gentlest voice say, she is healed. And the amount of peace and love and confidence and assurance that fell over me, I stood up off of that shower floor and I said, okay, okay. She is healed. And then I just started praising him. And I started singing and just praising his name and praising him for his goodness and giving him the glory, even though I didn't see it. But then what did I do with that? I protected that. I guarded that. I protected it with my life. That word that was spoken, that promise of life, of hope, of healing, I held on to it for my life and not just for my life because it, I'm going to be honest. When I was praying, I was like, hey, it's not my faith that's going to make her well. It's her faith. She was telling people you were going to heal her. You have to honor what she said. She's your child too. She's this innocent little four-year-old girl who loves you with everything and is believing for you to do this miraculous thing. And he said she was healed. How do you argue with that? You don't. You just praise him. You're like, praise you. I give you all the glory. 
you receive the glory for this. You receive the glory. Hallelujah. I remember going back to the hospital. I remember going through all of the training, all of the things that we had to do, you know, to prepare her to be discharged. I remember feeling so protective that anybody who said, oh, poor Sophia, I rebuked them. Anybody who said, oh, I'm so sorry, I rebuked them. Anybody who tried to share a story, oh, you know, I know so-and-so had to get a trach. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. I guarded that promise with my life. I guarded that promise as if it was the thing that was bringing forth the healing. And I did not let any negative thing come in. Now, before I get too far into this, I want to address something that I have recently heard. And I don't know that I have actually heard this term before, but I knew what they were talking about as soon as they used the term because it's been something that is like, widely known and used in the Christian community. If you're a Christian, it's one of these Christianese things that's out and about, right? It's, you know, you never say a negative word. You never talk negatively. And it's this toxic positivity, okay? That's a thing. And I believe that toxic positivity really addresses the inability to accept that negative things happen or negative emotions or negative And just anything negative, anything contradictory to like perfect. Toxic positivity rejects the fact that anything bad will ever happen, okay? I'm not talking about being toxically positive. There's a difference. I wasn't denying the fact that my daughter was facing this thing. I wasn't denying the fact that she had a trach. I was still going through all of the steps to figure out how to change that trach, how to clean the trach, how to... We did... CPR. We learned CPR for a person with a trach. We went through all of the training. We did all of the things because this was our reality. But, but Yahweh, but I knew he said she was healed. I didn't know how that was going to come about. I didn't know how it was going to look, but he told me and I held on to it. And I refused to let anybody contradict that promise to the point where I fired a nurse. I fired a doctor. I rebuked my own mother and (laughs) hung up on her. (laughs) I protected that promise with my life. And James and I were talking about it this morning because I said, you know, we've had struggles, right? We've had financial struggles. We've we've had these ups and downs and moments of like, oh my gosh, we have this amazing abundance and moments of, oh my gosh, we have literally nothing. And it's been a struggle moving to this property, you know, living in an RV and getting the farm established and doing all of these things. I'm going to be completely raw and open with you. Financially, it's been a struggle. And I have had to stand on faith. And I actually, I talked a little bit about that last year, too, when I did another episode talking about remaining faithful. Like when we remain faithful in the thing, like we will see the fruition of it. It just takes time. And sometimes it's not always in our time. But one of the things that we are constantly contending in the spirit for is financial provision and not just provision like we need to pay our bills and we need to feed our kids, but we want to be abundantly blessed in a way that we can abundantly bless others. Like I have big dreams. Like I want to build houses for people. I want to just be able to give people things that are not just my time and my skill and, you know, not just James's time and his talent with construction. But we want to actually be able to bless people in ways that we haven't been able to before. And not that we don't do it in small ways now, but I want to do big things. I want to see big things. So we're talking about this this morning. And I told him, you know, like we guarded that promise so hard. I looked at him and I said, 
I want to guard all of Yahweh's promises for our life the same way. I don't want to give the enemy ammunition against our own lives. And what kind of ammunition do we give the enemy? Well, we give him ammunition when we fall into this, the dread thoughts and the negative thoughts and the, oh, woe is me. And oh my gosh, we're never going to get ahead. And oh, I'm always sick. And we focus so much on the negative that we continue to see the negative. That scripture, as a man thinks, so is he. The direction of your thoughts, the intention of your heart, the way these things go forth from your mouth, because it's not always just inside of us. Right? A lot of times it escapes. It creates an atmosphere for that thing to continue. We're planting those seeds, right? Our words are seeds and there are seeds of life or they're seeds of death. And, and this is like a continual thing that I talk about on my podcast because it's a continual thing that I believe that we all struggle with. And it's something that I'm constantly talking to my kids about. Yeah, negative things happen. Yeah, crap happens. Yeah, everything's not always like sunshine, roses, and rainbows. Life gets hard and difficult, and we suffer with depression sometimes, and we feel overwhelmed, and we want to run away, and we have all these things. Like, that's those are real emotions and real things, but they're not the truth. They're not the end all of it. Because we have a creator who loves us, and because he has imagined so much greater things for us. He says, my thoughts are higher. My ways are greater. Or maybe it's the other way around. <laughs> but he's he has so many more plans. Plans to prosper us. Plans for our good. Plans for our future. That we don't even have the smallest glimpse of. But when we do, when he speaks that one thing to us, when we hear that still small voice or we feel that nudge in our spirit and we know, we know that it's him moving. We need to hold on to that with everything. And we need to not allow the enemy to use us against the will of our father. So how does that look in my own life? Well, I said I was going to be transparent and raw with you. <laughs> that looks a lot like on days that I'm feeling like the me going, oh, I'm just so exhausted. I just don't want to do it today. Oh, I am just so tired. I'm just done. I'm so done. Oh, I feel like crud. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to work out this morning. Do I have to get up and milk the goats? And mind you, these are seeds I'm planting because they may be thoughts going through my head, but as soon as I put them into word, they're going out into the universe and I can't get them back. Somebody gave me this great example when I was a new Christian and they said, the words that we speak are like toothpaste, right? Like you squeeze the toothpaste out of the tube. And I'm not talking about all you like mineral toothpaste people who are using powdered mineral toothpaste. It's a little different. But when you have toothpaste in a tube and you squeeze it out, it's nearly impossible to get that toothpaste back in that tube. Once it's gone, it's out there. It's out there to create a thing. So what are we creating with our words? What are we using our words for? I'm going to be honest. There have been plenty of times that I have used my own words as ammunition for the enemy against myself, against the plans that Yahweh has for me, my family, my husband. I want to be a better steward of my lips. <laughs> Lord, take your coal and touch it to my lips. Purify my words. Purify those things that leave my mouth so that I am planting seeds of life and truth in purpose. 
And as I'm telling James this and telling him, I want to be a better steward of of the promises that he's given us. I want to protect them and guard them. I don't want to be the enemy's ammunition. James <laughs> went back and he played the Switchfoot song called Ammunition, which was so appropriate because I'm married to a muso. If any of you haven't learned this yet, my husband's a musician. Everything's connected to a song. So he plays this song and we're listening to it. And I'm like that. I mean, we are the ammunition. We are the ammunition against ourselves. And it was so powerful. And it was written so long ago, right? (laughs) As we're talking about this, he shared with me kind of a vision that he had about all of these prayers and all of these promises and all of these things that we've been bringing to Yahweh over the years and all of these seeds of life that we've been planting, even though we've like created our own ammunition against ourselves, right? And he was like, I see all these promises and they're kind of held back in a dam, sticks and mud and kind of like a beaver dam is holding back this water and It's raining and raining and raining. And we are praying for that water to come forth, right? We are praying to see those waters in our field. We are praying to see them tangibly in our hands. We want to feel the floodgates open and pour out on us, right? (laughs) And so he said, I see this, these sticks in this mud. And I looked at him and I said, and we've given the enemy so many sticks and so much mud to hold back that promise, to hold back that blessing. We've given him that ammunition. And he looked at me and he said, you're absolutely right. I'm not all of it, right? We didn't have to do all of it because it's his plan is to kill, steal, destroy. His plan is to prevent us from walking in those blessings. His plan is to completely obliterate us off of the face of this earth and get us so distracted that we're not following our creator anymore. That's his goal. So anytime you feel like you're just down and out and everything's blah, really assess where your spirit is because the enemy is attacking you for sure. And he's probably attacking you because you're on the right path. Anyway, side note, sorry. So he's telling me that he sees this and he's like, that that dam is not going to be able to hold those waters back much longer. And it is going to come forth and it is going to come forth in a way like we never imagined. And if if you know scripture, that relates to a few different scriptures. But when he said that, I just started crying and he said, praise Yahweh, praise him now. Yah, forgive us for giving the enemy ammunition against your blessings in our own life. Forgive us for using our power, which is our words. Our power is held in our words. Forgive us for using that against ourselves. Forgive us for not speaking life all the time. It was so healing and it was so encouraging. And I thought, I got to share this with everybody (laughs) so you get to hear it all. I am not talking, again, I'm, I'm going to reiterate this. I am not talking about being toxically positive. I am not talking about not addressing the situation, not looking at the circumstance and seeing it for what it is, right? I am talking about looking to the promise that's on the other side of the garbage. We have to go through tests to have a testimony to share. We have to go through messes to have messages to share with people And I'm not the only one with a voice. I'm not the only one who has tests and messes and messages and testimonies. We all are. Every single one of us has a story. Every single one of us has an experience that one other person, and more than likely more than that, need to hear so that they're encouraged. They're spurred on 
to walk out their purpose, to do the things that they were called and created to do. So with that, I'm going to pray that you take these words, that you are encouraged to run this good race and to run it well and to use your words in a way not to manifest or create something out of nothing, but to align with the truth of scripture in our Father in heaven, our creator who knows everything from the beginning to the end, to align with his promises and his truth And speak that in your own life so you can see the fruit of your faith, so that you can see the fruit of your faithfulness, your obedience, your wisdom. Why did I say wisdom? Well, that's actually one of the things that James referred to because he's like, you know, I believe some people take this faith thing way too far, right? They They're like, oh, well, I have faith that I'll have the money. And then they go out and they buy stuff on a credit card, just trusting that they're going to be able to pay it off. Well, then they don't have the money and then they're in debt and then they're filing bankruptcy and it kind of spirals out of control because they think they're doing these things in faith when actually they're not using wisdom. And we're required to use wisdom. We're required to pray for wisdom and understanding and knowledge about every circumstance that we find ourselves in. And I said, well, I kind of feel like when we were going through that situation with Sophia that that I was kind of walking out my faith. I was... (laughs) I didn't feel like I was walking out in wisdom. I felt like that was faith. And he looked at me and he said, but that was wisdom. You had the wisdom to know that when Yahweh spoke, he would fulfill what he said. That's wisdom. Because wisdom was with him at the foundation of the earth. Wisdom has been with him at his side this entire time. So when we have his wisdom poured out over us, we are able to walk out our faith in a way that we cannot do without wisdom. And he said this and I was like, bling, 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 bling. Like all of the, you know, light bulbs are going off. I'm like, oh my gosh, I never considered that. I never considered that our wisdom is connected to our faith. And for some reason I was thinking like they're two separate things, but you got to use your brain on this stuff. You know, you got to use wisdom, but you know, using wisdom is like using your smarts, but faith goes against smarts, right? Because it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, where wisdom requires things that, you know, like are tangible and you can see. But really what he said was so powerful and so true. Without the wisdom of scripture, without the knowledge of the character of Yahweh, I wouldn't have had the faith to protect and guard that promise. I wouldn't have the faith to protect and guard the promises over my life now, over my children's lives. I wouldn't have the ability to look at the hard things and say, I don't need to know the answer. Yahweh will make it right. I trust him. I have complete faith in him. He always comes through. And if he's given me a word about a thing, you know, with our homestead, we moved here and it's been my desire to turn this into a teaching place, a place of healing and education and learning and growing. And I mean, it has been for us already. And we were able to do our homesteading event last year and we're doing it again this June. Just all of these things I've desired to see. And he is making it happen. Not me, not James. Yahweh is making it happen. And I said to James, you know, he didn't bring us here to destroy us. He didn't bring us here so that we poured all of our money into this homestead and then we lost everything else. He didn't bring us here for us to become poor. He brought us here for good things because we want to use this land. We want to steward it and shepherd our animals. We want to do these things 
to glorify him. He is a Yahweh of impossible things. He makes the impossible possible. How is he doing that right now? I had somebody reach out and say, hey, can we have a field trip at your property? You know, we want to learn about the goats and the sheep and blah. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Thinking it was just going to be like a mama and her kids. Because I've had a lot of people reach out and ask that. And I'm always, absolutely, always open to having families come to our farm. And then she messages me and says, um, do you want me to add you to the group? And I responded, um, what group? <laughs> what are you talking about? What group? And so she adds me to this field trip group, which has over 400 people in it. And I looked at James. I'm like, oh. We're having a field trip on our farm. And he's like, great. How many kids? I'm like, so far, there's going to be eight families. And he was like, what? (laughs) I didn't have to do that. I didn't do that. And they asked, you know, like, how much does it cost? And I said, you know, we aren't charging people anything right now. We don't even have everything set up the way we want it. It's donation based. Anything that you give is going to go to feeding the sheep and the goats and the cows and the chickens. It's only going to go to the animals. We have a little jar. When I sell eggs, it goes in there. When I sell milk, it goes in there. When we sell the baby goats, it goes in there. Everything goes in the farm jar and all of that money goes back into the farm. We don't pocket any of it because the animals have produced that. They're providing for themselves and that's what we intended. To be self-sustainable, the animals are self-sustaining as well. So we're having a field trip. (laughs) Y'all, I'm having a field trip at my homestead. I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited to see these kids and teach them about the goats and the things that we do. And I didn't do that. Yahweh did that. Yahweh set that up. And I feel like he did it at just the right time. Like just the right time we were feeling overwhelmed and kind of undercut. Sometimes you feel undercut. I've done this and this and this and I'm not seeing the fruit. And, you know, I feel like I'm just pouring myself out and I'm not getting anything back for it. And he was like, hey, remember the dream you had? Remember the vision you had and the reason I gave this to you? This is what's going to happen. This is what it's going to look like. And so I used my wisdom to say yes. (laughs) And he's using my faith to say yes to more. Praise him. He is so amazing. So be encouraged today. Be encouraged that the words that we speak are powerful and not just because we're speaking life and death, but because we really are guarding the promises that he's given us. We really are the shepherds of our own heart. (laughs) We are the shepherds of other people's heart. It's not about manifesting a world that we want to see. It's about walking in his will and walking out his word. So I'm going to leave you with that today. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I am so blessed that you take the time out of your day, out of your schedule to listen to this podcast. I wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for you. I am so humbled that you take the time and I'm so thankful. I pray that you have an amazingly blessed week. I pray that you are encouraged, that you are excited, invigorated to do great things, to walk out the promises set before you. Love on your family, build your home with your own two hands, and we will connect again next week.